Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Buddy. Hey there, Jenny. How you feeling today? Oh, so good. You ready so to go good. to a wedding? I'm ready. <laughs> Can't wait to go to this wedding before we get wedding. to it. Wedding. Wedding. <laughs> oh, wow. That takes me back. That's a, that's a quote. Jenny was just uh, saying an actual quote from one of our friends at a wedding that we attended while she was drinking some champagne, chanting, wedding. 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 The, that what? wedding, the wedding of those two people that uh, we were at, those two people are divorced. Uh, we are divorced. <laughs> we're just like Woo! really, everyone's batting a hundred over here. Um, Xander hey. and Anya cutting out the middleman. Yeah. <laughs> so a few things before we get to Hell's Bells. One, I apologize if my voice is an octave lower. I just returned from acupuncture. I'm feeling very relaxed. Nice. My acupuncturist, Jenny, uh, started listening to Buffering the Vampire Slayer. It's not a big deal. She likes the Cordelia jingle. What? Yep. <sighs> anyway, right. so uh, we have a big, 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 big sale that is ending very soon because it is the end of June and our store is closing on June 28th. It is not opening again until the end of July. Actually, both stores, the store in the UK, the store here in the States, and everything that is in there, except for the once more with once more with feeling vinyl, is twenty five percent off. You just need to use the code season six s e a s o n s i x to get twenty five percent off. If you're a patron of ours at the ten dollar or higher level, you get thirty five percent off. So go on over there if you need anything before August. Time is a ticking. Speaking of needing things before August. <laughs> 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 not, not a very home, good setup. We had to retape the intro because uh, my microphone was all wonky, and I gave Jenny a much better transition into the Sexual Tension Awards last I time. I can work with what I have. <laughs> well, it's nearly a neck and neck situation here, and wow, I just can't even. Okay, in the fourth slot with twenty-two percent of the vote, the boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. The boys Riley and Xander doing a little going commando in slot number three. The doctor is in, if you know what I mean, with 23% of the vote. It's Riley and Dr. Spike. That means Riley took mm, abacus. Okay, carry the one. Hey, 45% of the vote for Riley. Hey, Riley plus his boys. Mm. 23% for Riley and Spike PhD. Okay. (laughs) All right, all right. In slot number dose. It is, with 24% of the vote. Uh, kind of surprised that this didn't sweep the whole dealio. It's Sam and Willow exchanging lustful emails. Lustful, she lustful. said. Lustful. Lustful emails. That means that only mm-hmm. the only people who could be in slot one now with 31% of the vote are Buffy and Sam, two women who have known the love of one man. <laughs> Coming together 
to indulge in forbidden love. You know forbidden what? by yeah. whom in 2021? 20, Less people than before. By the time we get to season seven, the like sexual tension awards, it's going to be its own podcast with you just That's like right. doing a full spiel. And I think That's that right. Buffy and Sam deserve to win because although I'm in support of all of the pairings here, I do think they had the most tension. They definitely had more tension than uh, Sam and Willow did. Sam and Willow, we haven't seen the emails, you know, so perhaps there's a lot going <laughs> I on. I don't know if you're ready for the emails. there. <laughs> Okay, speaking of Sam and Willow, Buffy and Sam, Riley and Spike, Riley and Xander, hey, it's fucking Pride Month, uh, and we are raising money uh, this month for an organization called For the Gwirls, that is uh, G-W-O-R-L-S. For the Gwirls is a black trans-led collective that curates parties to fundraise money to help black transgender people pay for their rent, gender-affirming surgeries, smaller copays for medicine, doctor's visits, and travel assistance. We have thus far raised $1,700 together as a community, and we're hoping to bring that number all the way up to a nice round $2,500 before the end of June. If you want to get in on the action, you can donate to For the Gwirls by heading to forthegwirls.party. That's F-O-R-T-H-E-G-W-O-R-L-S dot party. And then to let us know you donated and be entered to win one of the awesome Buffy bundles we're giving away, go over to bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash for the Gwirls. Yes, and uh, you can see all of the items that we've collected as a part of this giveaway. We posted yesterday um, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. So you can see all of those bundles. Uh, It's good stuff. And it's a great, 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 great place to give your money to. So do that if you can. Hey, Jenny, got an email Yo. for you before <gasps> we go into Hell's for Bells. Me? Mm-hmm. It's an, ad, it's an email. It's an email from Genevieve in San Diego. Uh, I'm not gonna read the whole thing. I'm just gonna give you one fact from Genevieve. Genevieve says, I about lost my mind when Kristen brought up slug sex in the episode nice. on Older and Far Away. I'm a graduate you. of UC Santa Cruz, a university famous for its banana slug mascot. And I re- everyone knows that everybody I remain obsessed with slugs, especially their reproductive behaviors. So Genevieve sent me a few hot tips, if you will, on slug sex. But I'm just going to tell you one, Jenny. I'm ready. It is literally a hot tip. Some species of slugs use love darts as a part of their courtship behaviors. When their sexual organs first come in contact before copulation begins, it triggers the launch of a dart directly into their sexual partner. And these things are not small or gentle. Darts can sometimes pierce internal organs or even go all the way through to the other side. The darts don't deliver sperm, but instead seem to contain hormones that favor certain reproductive outcomes. For example, if a slug mates with several different suitors, it may give the firing slug sperm an advantage over others. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Here we go. Hell's bells. We Here we go. Bing, 
Bang. Bang. And welcome to Buffering, (laughs) the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode, unfortunately, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free, in tandem with my number one crush, got their picks in my locker, Angela and Todd. Oh, how I love them. I am uh, starry-eyed schoolgirl crushing Jenny Owen Youngs, and I am bingity bong bong <laughs> bong Kristen Russo. And this week, this divorced couple is talking about season six, <laughs> episode sixteen, Hell's Bells. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song. Perhaps they will continue to get sadder. Perhaps they will continue to uplift us. Only time can mm. tell. Written by Jenny, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Hell's Bells Bing, was written by... Bong. <laughs> Stop it. Hell's Bells was written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner and directed by David Solomon. It originally aired on March 5th. 2002. This is the one where Anya and Xander's wedding is thrown into turmoil when a man claiming to be Xander's future self turns up at the ceremony. Here we go. Here we go. Start your fucking engines, kids. Listen, we're off to a strong start. What? But, But also, I feel like we saw we had a horror movie fake out misdirect opening to an episode in yeah. the not too distant past. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't remember what the last occurrence of this was. I don't remember what it was, but it has happened recently. But I'm here for it anyway. It's raining. I do love the I do love the rainstorm that takes us through this whole episode, you know? There's a lot of rain in this uh set yes, situation. There sure is. We've got Willow and Buffy and they're saying Buffy, it's hideous. God, Buffy, look at its arms. I know. But Buffy says, it's my duty. I'm Buffy the Bridesmaid. <laughs> Thundercrack. Organ hit. Uh, yeah, bridesmaids dresses, huh? So thing. Man, they suck. They suck. No one's ever asked me to wear blood larva and burlap. Unfortunately, I mean, listen, between these fucking dresses and blood larva and burlap, I would also go blood larva and burlap. Yeah, Willow has not... the worst one. Willow's got the worst. Of yeah, because the arms are like demon esque. You know what I mean? Like they're like, <laughs> yeah, no, they're like um, they're like a sea cucumber. There's some kind of like, like a aquatic life that only live that is bioluminescent and only lives where the sunlight can't reach. Sort of like scalloped potatoes in their mm. like shaping. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. They're right. It is hideous. Uh, but fucking Anya doesn't think it's hideous. Anya thinks it's beautiful. Uh, Anya is moved. Before Anya walks in and is just delighted by the hideousness of these dresses and these girls in these dresses, Willow makes a fantastic comment. She says, I'm the best man. Shouldn't I have gotten to wear some Marlena Dietrichy kind of tux? And I was like, mm. yes. First of all, first of all, shout out to the fact that uh, Willow gets to be the best man. 
Love to see. Uh, nice. Love to see no gender requirements on anyone's wedding parties, as it should be. And second of all, put Willow Rosenberg in a tux. Do it. And you third cowards. Of all, if I mean, you probably know who Marlena Dietrich is, but like, if you don't, you should just take a tango with who mm. she is because she was. She was like a Hollywood bisexual back in the like 20s, 30s, 40s. She referred to the Hollywood lesbians who would all sleep together as the sewing circle. So nice. She ruled. She had affairs with like literally everyone, like um, uh, every gender person, just like Frank Sinatra and fucking like I'm pretty sure Tallulah Bankhead, even though I don't know, maybe I associate them with each other because they both were like really cool queer Hollywood ladies at that time. But um, look her up. Check her out. She fucking ruled uh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> Apart from just being a bisexual Hollywood lady, she wore some suits. <laughs> she was in a lot of fucking films. And I love it. I love the reference. So thank you, Willow. So we find out here also that um, the Harrises have been told that Anya's people are circus folk. Yeah. So, so this starts us off in, I mean, we're going to go down that rabbit hole as well, because Xander's dad makes a comment later about like circus not being a heritage. So there's like a xenophobic racist, it's impossible to pin it down, uh, but it's essentially an other, right? Like Anya's people are the other, whereas Xander's family is like... The essentially quote these freaks, right? Like that's kind of the vibe in mm-hmm. in many ways. And we'll we'll get more into it. But yeah, it's complicated because Anya's people, all of the people that Anya has brought to this wedding are have been told to lie about who they are, which is fucked up, but also the whole code in Sunnydale with demons is that like you don't reveal yourself as a demon to humans. It seems like the unwritten code. So it's it like my instinct is like that's fucked up that they have to lie about who they are. But also it's been like coded like that in the show since the jump. So it's hard to also say fuck yeah. that. Apparently the rehearsal dinner was last night and things got kind of out of hand. Willow says I haven't seen Xander's family that bad since my bat mitzvah. Perish the thought of the Harrises at Willow's bat mitzvah. No. Oh, my God. Could you imagine the Harrises with Willow's parents? Like, no, just no, certainly not. Also, like fucking Xander's dad threw up in Buffy's purse at the end of the rehearsal dinner last night. Yeah. Uh, Okay. more on. Unfortunately, more on Xander's dad. Later, uh, Anya enters. Yeah, Anya comes in and we get uh, yet another fake out where she (laughs) gasps and throws her hand over her mouth. And we think, oh, perhaps she will come to her senses and agree that these dresses are a crime against uh, nature and eyeballs. Uh, But no, she's like, you guys look so beautiful. This is the happiest day of my life. Thundercrack. And this is just, I mean, this is probably the biggest embodiment of how Anya's excitement at finding love is overpowering sort of like even these 
as Buffy later says, radioactive dresses. Like, it's not about even the fucking dress. Like, you know, it's not like she, like, is loving the dress. It's just that she's so happy. She's so excited. She's really yeah. doing this thing that she's wanted to do for so long. It's happening. And uh, fuck everyone. Top among mm-hmm. them, the creators of this episode of television. <laughs> so, meanwhile, at Xander's, he can't find his cufflinks. And for some reason... Everyone is at Xander's apartment. Uh, Uncle Rory is there. Uncle Rory's staying there, right? Yeah. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Harris arrive. Uh, <laughs> Cousin Carol is there. Krelvin, I think. Krelvin? Krelvin is credited not by name no, for some reason. He's credited as Wardy Demon, which is fucking which rude. Is, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I think his name is krelvin are close to it they're all there why why i know that uncle friggin rory is like staying there or whatever well, but why I mean, is everyone I, crowding xander I, and it's I like a feel... random assemblage <sighs> cousin carol listen and i like krelvin jenny, but krelvin jenny what this is how fucking weddings go man like yeah, this is a fucking nightmare and i am triggered and i yeah. it was very difficult to sit through yeah i mean this is like truly and i'm not saying that if you've gotten married it has definitely been like this but i think there's a high likelihood that this is the deal most people do not understand how to keep their own fucking space from the bride slash other bride slash groom slash whomever you might be in the wedding. They want to be there. They want to be at the center of the fucking action. They want to pick you up. They want to drive you there. They want to fucking help. They want to bring you a fucking thing that their aunt gave them in fucking 1927. Everybody wants something from the people that need to get married. And I find this to be very accurate. I think that's whether I mean Uncle Rory, yes, he stayed there, but I think everyone else maybe they're all going to drive over together. Maybe they're going to do pictures first. Who knows, but it's always chaos like this. So I buy it. This is the first time that we've met Uncle Rory. We've heard of Uncle Rory for many, 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 many episodes across many seasons. They've kept his story tight. A taxidermist was said many seasons ago, and indeed he refers to taxidermy in an unfortunate line later. Uh, He is played by Steve Gilborn, an actor uh, who passed away in 2009. But what I wanted to say about these actors, so... Uh, the actor playing Uncle Rory, uh, the actors playing Xander's parents, uh, Casey Sander and Lee Garlington. These are like all massive actors who have or who are like in everything. You know, like Steve Gilborn's resume was like Blossom, Murphy Brown, Ellen, Golden Girls, The Wonder Years. And when I looked at the other two at, at Xander's parents as well, same thing, just like ha- have been in dozens of shows across decades so i just Mm -hmm. feel like it's a reflection on like we're in season six buffy is a hit buffy is a hit show at this point and we're pulling in some like pretty awesome humans to play these roles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah okay so nightmare in progress uncle rory tells xander that he doesn't want cufflinks he should have velcro and also velcro was uncle rory's idea and then he pretends to be electrocuted by the coffee maker and i want to die this is classic relative who you just need out of your house behavior this is classic cousin carol cousin carol has uh some redeemable qualities cousin carol's doing all right but she is wearing... Cousin Carol moves the plot along like no one else, honestly. <laughs> C- 
Cousin Carol uh, is wearing Xander's cufflinks as earrings, uh, which we find out later. Before we get to the scene, uh, before we get to the exchange between Krelvin and and Xander's dad, which I know we're going to talk about, I do want to point out the fact that Xander's dad has been played by two different actors. You kind of get a pass on it because he was in a he was only in a vision in Restless. Like we saw Xander's dad at the top of the stairs. Um, yeah. So I guess because it was a vision, you have a little wiggle room. But this is a different guy than we saw at the top of those stairs in Restless. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, let's begin the journey of, oh my God, fuck you, Anthony Harris, Xander's dad. Uh, yeah, this guy sucks. He rolls in and immediately is like, oh, you're not ready yet? And then Xander's mom makes me want to throw myself into the abyss, beginning her. She's like a Greek chorus that only says... Blah, 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 but it doesn't matter because I won't be in any of the pictures. Ma'am, <laughs> sit down. And then Mr. Harris uh, looks at Krelvin and says, that, that, that is one of hers, uh, which is really, truly wretched. Really bad. And it sets the tone for how... I, I would put it on all the Harrises, um, but I'm going to lean a lot harder on the uh, Harris-specific side of the family. I don't know who Cousin Carol belongs to, but mm-hmm. Rory, I, I think, is the brother of Xander's dad. And those two are the fucking worst, man. They are the fucking, they are the worst. They are the, they are the dudes that roll up to any occasion, any gathering, and insult everyone who is not like them, and probably even people like them, but they fucking suck, and they say inappropriate and horrible things all the time. And so that this is where it begins. That's one of hers, right? Krelvin, really uh, fucking whacking it back at dad. Uh, yeah, we met last night. You said I resembled your mother-in-law. Then you hit me with a cocktail wiener and insulted my heritage. Um... Glad that Kelvin tells him where to stick it, but then Xander's dad comes back with, so being a part of a circus is a heritage now? This reminded me of, like, because you, like we said at the beginning, like, you can't really pin it to, like, is it xenophobia? Is it, like, what, what ism is this? It's just, like, you're not like me, so you're fucking stupid, isms Mm -hmm. but um this reminded me of of like you know if you were talking about how like you had queer queer culture or like this is my chosen family like i could just hear somebody in my family like rolling their eyes and being like oh so this is what we're calling this now like that tone that people take when they want you to know that you're ridiculous it's like it's like the gaslighting Mm. that is central to so much uh racism and sexism and all of that. And you know what, Jenny? Why not kick it off? Because now that I've said no. now that I've said all the isms and talked about gaslighting, we might as well play the white supremacy fucking jingle, because that's what's really going on here. You know what that sounds like to me? What? White supremacy. to reach across the aisle in the name of perhaps companionship and perhaps horniness it's cousin carol cousin carol cousin carol pulls xander aside and is like what's up with the krelvin and as she talks he realizes that she is wearing his cufflinks as earrings which 
strains believability because cufflinks they're pretty wide the post of cufflinks pretty thick unless uh, cousin carol has some like sizers plugs yeah yeah unless exactly cousin carol's uh, using some sizers totally uh, uh and she's cousin engaging carol, out her ears like i think you could read like cousin carol has this line like oh she has a kid so she can't be picky which you could read as like being shitty but i think that she's covering like i think she's like trying to like She's be, like feeling it. Be acceptable like, to the I'm heiresses. trying to take the K train to fucking Bone Town. Yeah, she's into fucking Krelvin, and I'm into, and Krelvin's into her, as we see later. And it's fucking, I'm, I, I am into them being into each other. So once Xander uh, reclaims his cufflinks, he declares, like a fucking idiot, nothing on earth can stop this wedding now. No, Xander, no. And then, mm. as if in direct response, uh, to this making God laugh by announcing your plans action. A mysterious old man materializes in the pouring rain. He materializes with a, like, as though somebody took a red marker and drew uh, his outline. Like, that's the effect they oh. went with here. It's very interesting. Not Listen. seen before. Um, probably shouldn't see it again. <laughs> not great. Yeah, not, it's not good. <laughs> Uh, cut to the credits. Credits. Oh. Na, 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 na. Wouldn't Pew. be a wedding episode if we didn't get a conversation about a cummerbund. Uh, you know. I do love that finally someone <laughs> has the bravery and strength of spirit to call out that all cummerbunds do is hide the place where your shirt meets your pants. <laughs> Why is everyone so hopped up about them? I mean... <laughs> They do look cool in context, but, like, who came up with that? Uh, I don't know. Xander's pregnant. Um, Xander's glowing. Xander's glowing. Uh, he says, maybe I'm just happy. Uh, Buffy starts this line of conversation. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for me. You and Anya give me hope. Oh, to place your hopes and dreams on the wedding of another couple. Never a good idea. Well, no. But I think uh, it's important to know that Buffy says, like, I'm happy for you, which makes me happy for me. Yes. She's happy to be happy. She's, She's happy to be feeling true. something. Um, but this girl does not know how to tie a bow tie. When she started, I was like, wow, Buffy knows how to tie a bow tie. And then no sooner had that thought completed itself than she abandoned ship. I am. Um, it's not the I kind of thing you can just feel out a bow tie. I just want to go back for a second. Um, I, I wasn't quite finished talking about happy for you, happy for me, um, because I, I I do think like I oversimplified in saying like, oh, you shouldn't hang your hopes on whatever, because the truth is, I think a lot of this episode is is people wanting to have hope because hope feels good. And that like, oh, yeah, you know, like I, and I think that um Later, when we see, you know, Anya in her dress and like how Tara and Willow are in this environment, like say what you will about like heteronormativity and the customs of marriage and how problematic they are. There is something about this experience that is rooted in hope. And that I think is what Buffy is happy about is that like, yeah, in the chaos of it all, we can still have hope. We can still have love. Um, and damn it, this episode doesn't ruin that, okay? It puts a fucking big speed bump in our way, but we're still gonna, we're still gonna have hope, people. I have a question. A tiny question. Is it, do you think it's rude 
to be buttoning up someone's wedding dress on their big day while also having like yes. weird garment buttoning like eye sex yeah with your well, ex i mean i think the biggest rude piece of this is that willow as buffy says at the end of the last scene should be with xander willow is xander's best man she shouldn't i understand that she wants to flirt with tara but she's got the whole fuck i mean to her knowledge she's got the whole fucking wedding to flirt with tara she should not be in there doing this right now it's cute fine but she should be with xander uh agree also <laughs> Oh, my God. So many great options. Anya's working up for her potential vows. Uh, She promises not to obey Xander because that's anachronistic, misogynistic. And who do you think you are? A sea captain or something? (laughs) A sea captain. I died. I literally died. I died both times I watched it. Huge Uh, episode for Emma Caulfield. Incredible. And it yeah and to to give you the visual just in case you didn't rewatch uh anya is going over her vows with this like giant blue gel filled eye mask on her oh, yeah. face and she's got like her hair like all medusa coiled uh for curls up on her head uh and it is it is great it is great um and then, of course, we take a turn from this hilarious, oh, the lesbians are giggling and Anya is being funny about the patriarchy. Don't worry, we'll play the jingle 50 times later. Uh, to this moment, let's hear um, what Anya says. <clears throat> okay, blah, 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 misogynistic, blah, blah. However, I trust you um, with my heart. Take care of my heart, won't you please? Take care of it because it's all that I have. And if you let me, I'll take care of your heart too. Well, oh this, no! what a great episode of television. Uh, this could only just set us up for fucking happiness and sunshine. This could only end well. Take care of my heart. It's all I have, Anya says. Fuck yeah. me. This isn't even the worst sound clip we're playing this episode. I know. And she wants to see Xander now because she's so excited <laughs> she's and she so... wants to share it all with her best friend. Oh, God, you guys. I'm Why? Why? Upset. What I will say to, to momentarily take our eyes away from this heartache is these fucking lesbians are not even listening to the goddamn... The, do your job, people. They're not listening. <laughs> She's trying to get feedback on her vows. They're just fucking giggling. They're not listening. They're not telling her, yeah, that's good. Or, oh, you should say this here. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off at these Mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. Also, isn't Halfrek wearing a bridesmaid's dress? Halfrek is not helping Tara and Will. It should be, right, like Tara and Halfrek with With Anya. Anya. I guess. Tara, I, I guess. I guess. Because Buffy and Willow should clearly be with Xander. With Xander. Dawn should probably also be there, yeah? Yeah, I don't but know. She's busy being a teen. She's like skateboarding through the wedding. <laughs> she is. She's like teen at the wedding. <laughs> okay, so we get an exterior shot of the wedding venue. It is um the Bison Lodge. <laughs> Not to be confused play on with the Elks Elk Lodge. <laughs> the Elks Lodge. Now, Kristen, I'm going to I'm going to text you a photograph right now. Oh, wow. What a twist. This never happens on the Yeah, I've prepared some things for this. Okay, so here is um here is the Bison Lodge when we first see it. Okay, let me know when you get it. 
Okay. Yep. Yep. Of course, I recognize okay. it. Does got this two look familiar to out. you? Can you? Oh my can god! You think of another. Have you ever seen this before? Wait. I did not notice on viewing, but now that I'm like, I have it on my phone and I'm zooming in, it looks like the place, it, the place in Altadena that we would vote at. I don't even know what the that's n- right name of it's that place the, is. It's the building <gasps> in Charles S. Farnsworth Park in Holy Altadena, shit. California, uh, just above the Farnsworth Amphitheater, Holy. Uh, where residents of Altadena would vote. Yo, so Jenny and I used to like live in walking distance from this building. We voted right. in the 2016 fucking election inside that building. That's right. <laughs> That's cool as shit. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that's incredible. Wow, you just realized I, that watching it? Or d- did you know? Yeah, and that's a very quick shot, it I'll is. have you know. I was just like, hang on. And it took a lot of digging. It was it was actually hard to find a photo of specifically the building because most of the park photos are of like the park like fields and the amphitheater and stuff. But uh, there was one that allowed me to confirm that it is the same building. Now, the interior, right. I think, is all studio stuff. I A and B, the, the interior of that oh building. Oh, my God. That is so fun. We, little did we know Ba-da. that we were going on a Buffy tour yeah. while <laughs> beginning this podcast. Who knew? Yep. Very fun. Um, yeah. So I, I also really just loved the Sunnydale Bison's Lodge sign. It delighted me. Yeah. A lot of rain. A lot of rain. Very wet set here. Uh, yes. So, okay. So here's Rory. Uh, why don't we just play the fucking patriarchy jingle here for Rory? The patriarchy. He's got this fucking cocktail waitress uh, on his just arm. Terrorizing. Terrorizing. This caterer. She's like, I really should get back to work, sir. Uh, and he's like, not with me. You don't have to work. You could just sit pretty and laugh when I tell a good one. Ew. Fuck you, Uncle Rory. Dawn's like, gotta go. And I get it. But also, Dawn, like, help a girl out. You know what I mean? To ask her a question. Get her out of there. Assist. I mean, I, I support Don's uh, choice to escape. Yeah. I would flee. <laughs> Listen, I mean, top priority is go ahead, get out. But like, if you get your find- mask on before you help anybody else with the mask, if you find yourself in this situation, make something up, you know? Actually, uh, yeah. I really need assistance from this waitress because I need this thing. Although we know how the Summers uh, ladies are about lying. They're very bad at it, as we'll find out. They're bad at lying. <laughs> bad, 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 bad. Okay, so uh, Rory says another unfortunate line. He's talking about the fucking head on the wall. I used to stuff things. I still do, but only for fun. Fuck off. <laughs> just fucking fuck. Just literally. <laughs> that is what a hell mouth should be for. The, at a line like that, if you say a sentence like that, it is cue for the hell mouth to open up, swallow you, and close it <laughs> up, never to release you again. Ah, here comes um, a decent dude, DeHoffrin. Yeah, here comes DeHoffrin bearing, as far as I could tell, Hyman's greetings. Mm-hmm. Hymen, the god of matrimony. It's true. Hymen. <laughs> you want to say Hymen a couple more times, Jenny? No, I'm good. And then he says, may the love we celebrate today avoid an almost inevitable decline. <laughs> Hymen's, Simon is a Greek god. Uh, that is true. He is the god of matrimony. And I'm sure that the Greek god is what was used to name 
the fucking oh. hymen in a body. So the patriarchy, thunderclap, rain. This, this, this episode yep. is actually pouring rain the whole time because it's just saturated in the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, Hallie and Dawn have a really cute little moment because, of course, Hallie has tricked Dawn into keeping her family inside of her house for like a day and a half a few episodes ago. She's like, call me Hallie. And Dawn's like essentially saying, fuck you with her eyes. Yeah. They, they hand over this present, which reminds me so much of Christmas Vacation when the fucking oh, yeah. great aunt gives them the cat in the box. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, this is a squirmy tentacled thing. I just love thinking about old de Hoffren, D Bones, uh, with a with like a box cutter <laughs> or a pair, a very sharp pair of scissors, like taking this box and kind of just like hand cutting the the tentacle holes so that the his gift will be. <laughs> comfortable oh my god to uh, actually just wrapping a gift is hilarious in and yeah of with those fucking nails that we get a good look at yeah. later please wow uh so everyone's arriving spike uh blows in next with his date uh he he's is got a back. date and a deeply unbuttoned shirt yeah he's back to like he's Oops. pushing hard old spike right he's wearing all black he's yeah. got his fucking duster on we haven't seen him in his duster in i, I don't think like a minute you know he's mm. been in his like short leather jackets with his chains uh, all getting <laughs> spiffy for buffy um so <laughs> So he blows in and he sees Don. He's like, what? You didn't mean my date. Did you hear that? I have a date. This is my date. This is a date. A date. He's this date like 47 date, times. Date, 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 date. Uh, Don is unimpressed. Very, very. But so Don is like really good. Like she's so excited that she's got the hot gossip. So she like runs off with yeah. the hot gossip. We see yeah. Clem and the Harrises. Uh, there's Clem looking sharp. Clem's looking, looking great. really sharp. Uh, Carol, cousin Carol, very chill. Ah, just trying to bridge the gap here. So circus folk. Yeah. What's that like? <laughs> Clem's like, let me tell you all about the origins of clowning and sport and la 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 la. Yeah. Doing great. I mean, cousin Carol, well-intentioned, but maybe not, maybe not the way to go about this conversation, but also everyone's kind of in a corner because no one can actually talk about themselves openly on the Anya side of the yeah. divide. Uh, but then, fucking, who invited Rory to the conversation? You can't expect Xander's kids to be raised. And he says, foreign speaky, bow to the Eastie. Wow. Fucking white supremacy no. jingle, bing bong right here, because this is Rory get fucked. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, please. That's the jingle, actually. That takes play the place of the jingle. Just Jenny <laughs> screaming, Rory get Rory fucked. Get fucked. What's really interesting is that, like, Rory is, I'm sure, thinking that what he's doing is making a reference to Islam and, like, praying to Mecca, which is not to the east. It's just whatever the direction Mecca is from where you are. And when I looked up praying to the east, do you know what came up, Jenny, is Christian religions pray to the east uh, because that what was said is that the second coming, uh, the Messiah would approach Jerusalem from the east. So, okay. So Roy's just basically insulting his Christian self without knowing it. He, he just is just being a fucking ding dong. Fuck you, Rory. Uh, or uh, sorry, I want to keep what Jenny said. Rory, Rory, get fucked. You just don't want to understand, like, why Xander has even invited his family. Great question. Why did Xander invite his family? Why did Xander invite his family? Like, 
you know, I understand like th- that there are situations where like you have family members and like you want them to be there, but they're also really fucking problematic and you're torn and whatever. But we've seen over seasons and seasons and seasons that Xander does not like his family. And I guess he gave us that whole spiel about like, that's what family is to him. And maybe he just hasn't like moved past that yet. But I just can't imagine him inviting his family. And it re- like they're talking about their kids right now. Like, right, like you'd you'd have them raise their kids in ignorance of our ways. I think either Clem says or the other dude. And uh, yeah, Squiddy Guy says. Squiddy Guy, Squiddy Guy says it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, is Xander is Xander's eventual plan to like have his parents involved past the wedding? Or is it just that like a wedding is a thing where you feel like you absolutely have to invite your family and then you never need to speak to them ever again? Because I, I think that's the one. Okay. <laughs> because listen, Xander and Anya have children. You keep these fucking people away from those kids. You keep them fucking far away from these kids. Uh, cause they suck. Except for Carol. Carol can come. <laughs> Carol's like, no, no. The Harrises are very broad-minded. We're Episcopalians. Okay, Carol. Yeah. There's this is so this episode was written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner, who is like very involved with, I think, later seasons of Gilmore Girls. I think. the vibe in this episode really feels very Gilmore Girls-y to me especially that line that's where it like really fucking cracks you over the head (laughs) and then meanwhile (sighs) Mr. Harris is drinking alone at the bar cracking himself up saying until death to us part hilarious (laughs) Um, just bad we get a shot of the old man uh, who's just fucking slinking his way through this wedding. He's basically he's a wedding crasher, really, is who this fucking demon is. He's, he's fully crashing this wedding. Yeah. And um, one thing I wanted to say is that the, so there's like clearly demons. You know, they've got like some squiddy demons. There's Clem. There's some horned demons. We got to Hoffrin. Then there's like the Harrises. There's this one couple that are just so goth and they crack me up because like it is completely unclear like what why they are there or what they are doing. Like are they like the super goth Harrises who the Harrises hate? Are they just like demon friends who dress in goth? Yeah. Are they goth demons? Is that a thing? Mm. Like, What's Could going be. on with the goth couple at the party? <laughs> uh, no, just a lot of black lipstick. Yeah. Buffy's getting Xander ready. Yeah. To go out into the crowd. Unfortunately, immediately, as soon as she says, Xander, you're one of the decent ones. <laughs> Anya is lucky. Xander cannot help himself and immediately has to make a joke about them fucking really quick before he gets married. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be Xander. like not to be like a fucking Xander apologist right now, mm. but I do think that this particular line delivery, I think that he I think that Nicholas Brendan does a good job. Like you can almost see, and I'm sorry, everybody, you can yell at me if you disagree, but I just felt like the way that he delivered this line very much communicated, like, this is a thing old Xander would have said. Remember that guy? Like it was just very like tongue-in-cheek and sweet and seemed like a reference to like the old days, which I know, whatever, but I, I forgave him for this moment, and I kind of, I kind of found it endearing. They hug right after. Buffy is um, taking her instructions too late. Don't let Dad near the bar. I already failed that one. Number two, don't let Mom near the bar. And uh-huh. fucking uh-huh. Uh, Mom doesn't make it to the bar from what we see. Uh, Don busts in to report the spike is here, and he brought a total manic panic skank um here's a question 
why is Spike invited to this wedding? <laughs> Here's a why Spike invited question. to this wedding. Is Xander Spike... quote hates Spike. Oh yeah, great. is Spike invited to this wedding? <laughs> uh, I mean, Clem is question. invited to the wedding. Like, to, as Clem is not only invited to the wedding, but he's sitting on Xander's side of the aisle. Wow. He is the only uh, demon presenting demon sitting wow. on Santa's side. <laughs> what? Yeah, why is Spike invited? Who knows? This is just, it's a party. And you know what? Actually, Jenny, that's a good point. I want to say this because, you know, this is a this is a very dramatic episode. And I feel like in the 90s and early 2000s, there were a lot of like leave her at the altar episodes. Like this was a this was a thing. And it was it, it just mm. is, it seems so dramatic. I mean, it's just like if you're going to not go through with a wedding, there's like plenty of time before. And also, if you're already at the venue, you're probably just going to do it and then deal with the you know what I mean like it just feels so dramatic but it's like this is storytelling and so that's what I really tried to think about in this episode too because it's really hard to believe that Xander would do what Xander does in this episode uh it's really I find it hard to believe and we can talk about it more when we get there but just to your point of like painting in broader strokes. I think that this episode is more meant to tell us like the overall problems in this couple and how they might manifest, uh, not through the visions, but like through later with what we get. So I just want to like lay that down that like there's some uh-huh. things about the drama of this. that's like, come on, what's Xander really? But I just want to put keep us in the storytelling place. Like, what is the story trying to tell us? Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's why Jenny like Spike is. I, I think that's why Spike is invited. That's why right. Sure, of course. Be. It's just a big party episode. Bring in, mm-hmm. bring in everyone. Well, <sighs> Xander starts mingling, and he's immediately mobbed by his mom and Uncle Rory and the mysterious old man and Dawn, saying one of Anya's presents got loose. And oh, the mysterious old man pulls him aside and says, "Ah, oh, you can't get married today. It's a huge mistake." I'm Xander Harris. I'm you. Oh, they God. They took away my toys. I looked up. <laughs> Dude. To, I looked it up to see. I was like, yes. is this the same guy? It's not. <laughs> but, like, they definitely have the same agent. <laughs> yes. They probably were both up for this role. Uh, yeah. So, old man Xander reveals to current day Xander that he has a crystal ball. Um, and before we go to inside, before Xander hops inside of the crystal ball, we get another clip of his dad at the bar who stands up. This is just somebody fucking take this man, put him inside of a closet, lock the goddamn door. That's what should happen. That should be the plot of Xander's dad at the wedding. He says, what would I do without you to his wife? For starters, I wouldn't need to drink so much. Everyone awkwardly shifts at the fucking wedding. And then he continues, Uh, but I guess you saved me from getting the clap. Dude. um, What? Sir. He continues to the bride's dermatologically challenged family shrub. And Squid Guy is like, sit the fuck down. And then Xander's dad is like, I paid for this shit. Ooh, that's why he's here. Oh, yeah, that is why he's here. Fuck. Um, it's certainly not because he wants to share in his son's joy at entering the next chapter of his life. Uh, no. It's uh, not. Yeah. Um, 
then there's some Mr. Harris squid guy tension and they nearly get into it. But Buffy swoops in and walks Mr. Harris away. Uh, He says, nice chassis. What's under the hood? And I throw up in Mr. Harris's purse. Uh, I'm playing it. I'm playing it again. Fuck you. Fuck you, Mr. Harris. Mr. Harris, get fucked. The patriarchy! (laughs) All right. You want to do a little fucking flashback montage, Jenny? You mean a flash forward montage? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Flash forward montage. Excuse me. Okay. Inside the glowing memory orb, here's what Xander sees. Uh, He's sitting in an armchair, drinking a beer in a house that could stand to be tidied up. And two children around the ages of eight and ten are running around. And Josh looks like a regular boy. And Sarah has some, like, demonic-looking ears. And Mm -hmm. they're uh, terrorizing each other. And Anya's wearing what looks like a very Mary Kay kind of outfit and she's about about to go do a a makeover party and you know xander's like i thought you hated those and she says well somebody around here has to make some money and xander's like my back is shot and it's revealed that his back is shot because he got hurt helping buffy and that didn't save her and oh it's fucking bleak around here and all it did was ruin our lives yeah so anya leaves and he screams i hope you crash in your stupid pink car oof so we know that Xander tried to save Buffy in some kind of fight and Buffy died. Uh, and they're married yeah. and they have two kids and no one is happy. Yeah. Scene Flash two. forward more. Uh, they're at family dinner at a restaurant and Sarah and Josh still not getting along. Xander and Anya really not getting along. It is revealed that uh, Xander is not Sarah's real dad. And Sarah knows it. And Xander knows it. And everyone's very unhappy. Anya, everyone, it should be noted that everyone in these flash forwards ages except for Xander. Xander stays the same uh, in all three scenes, which I kind of like that choice, you know, because it's like him, just him being him experiencing it. It's like less about, it's less about him. And he says this later and more about what he is afraid of doing to her and by extension them. And so like we see those effects happen um, and it's not, it's not about Xander. It's about what we see happening really to Anya first and foremost. And she has aged. They they do a great job aging Anya. I think Um, Mm -hmm. she, she looks like she's maybe in her like, late 40s in this one and uh sarah stands up i i know you're not my real what's dad. hilarious I, is that emma caulfield is probably now in her like <laughs> and looks exactly mid to late 40s and looks the same <laughs> looks exactly like she does in this episode true uh i know you're not my real dad i hate you i wish you die so two flash forwards we have people wishing that other people would die anya says to Sandra that he's drank too much wine mm-hmm. and then we go to the last flash forward Anya's what maybe we're like in our 70s now uh no kids the kids we assume have gone on to their own lives and now they're talking about how 
Anya's saying to Xander, you wouldn't come near me after Buffy. Xander's like, don't bring her into this. And then she says, if I hadn't married you, I wouldn't have had to hate myself for the past 30 years. Fuck. Okay, also, wait, the math on that's fucked up because they're like, what, 20-something? So that would make her supposedly 50-something in this scene. She well, looks like an old woman. maybe she didn't hate herself for the first 10 years. Oh, okay, okay. And then Buffy died. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's true. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, and then and then Xander kills Anya um, with like a frying pan, or at least I mean, I, it's implied. And yeah, then he comes back to the present, and he is distraught. Oh, is she okay? What did I do? And this is like, there's just a lot happening here. Like the the way that alcoholism is portrayed at this wedding and in these flash forwards is pretty, you know, problematic. I mean, it the the, the cushion of it is that it's Xander's worst fear, the visions at right. least, um, of what he could be capable of. And that is completely formed by his father and the way his father has treated his mother and the way that he's witnessed his father treating his mother over all of these years. Um, this is in reality, of course, not what Xander's future was going to look like, but... Um, yeah, I, I think it makes sense that this is his worst fear. <sighs> um, yes, yes, it does. I don't know. Well, I, yeah, I will have more to say, I think, later. later. The old man says, You'll hurt her less today than you will later. Sometimes all two people bring each other is pain, which is a great setup to cut to Spike and Buffy, I will say. There it is. <laughs> But yeah. um, again, just if this weren't for the story, I think just get married. Just do it. Just just go. Just do the thing. Everybody's there. Just fucking do it and then deal with it later. Have a conversation. Yeah, after, okay? that's just my you'll feel sense. better tomorrow. Yeah. Or you won't. And you can like deal with it tomorrow. Just not at the wedding. Yeah. Itself. It's just a little bit of paperwork. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> OK, you actually could do the whole ceremony and then not file the paperwork and it would be fine yes exactly just don't send it in (laughs) (laughs) oh so sometimes all two people bring each other's pain cut to spike and buffy this scene is very sweet yeah uh they say hello and he is like oh did you see that i brought a date did you meet my date i have a date 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 date." (laughs) and buffy said i haven't but she seems like a very nice attempt at making me jealous. <laughs> Buffy, she just nails it. Like, right. I mean, of course she knows, but like just the way she says it, it's very, I mean, listen, for better or for worse, these two are very intimate with each other at this point. And, you know, mm-hmm. they know a lot about each other and they've been through a lot together. And this exchange is just like, it's, it's so sweet because like, she's, they're honest with each other. I think that's what it is. Really. If you're just going to boil it down to its core, it's like, she's honest with him. And she says, yeah, you know what? It, it does make me jealous. I mean, think about like the power there, right? How many times does, does something like this happen? And think about walking across the room and being like, Hey, nice attempt at making me jealous. And it worked, you know, like, just just mm-hmm. really call it out, man. That's what it is. And she does. And Spike keeps trying. He keeps trying to be like, fuck you. And then she's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. He's like, no, 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 you didn't do anything wrong. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You're good. You're good. Um, <laughs> and then he says, 
Well, there's two things. There's two exchanges that I love the most in this scene. One is when Spike is like, Buffy's like, so are you taking her back to your place? And he's like, well, yeah, I guess that was the plan. And then he looks at her and he goes, evil? Like, <laughs> don't you remember? Yeah. I'm evil. Uh, and then the second one is when he says to Buffy, it's nice to watch you be happy. You glow. Because like... This is at the end of the day, like it truly is what Spike has wanted more than most other things is just yeah. for her to be okay. He just wanted to be the reason that she could be okay. Yeah. And they close it out. Uh, you know, he decides he's gonna leave. And then the last, you know, bit of exchange they have is he says, but <laughs> just to confirm, <laughs> yeah. It hurts. <laughs> and Buffy's like, yeah. And Spike is like, thanks and he walks away and she says to no one you're welcome really good scene really good scene very good yeah a plus five stars five out of five today's episode is brought to you by regal cinemas if you're anything like me you deeply enjoy going to the movies going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities i love seeing films on the big screen i also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time and of course i love eating giant buckets of popcorn if you feel the same and you like going to the theater regal unlimited is something that just makes sense Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
So Xander is pacing in the kitchen. Um, Willow uh, gives us a nice callback to uh, fucking Slayer Fest 98, I believe, is when Xander was in the tux and Xander and Willow couldn't resist each other. Uh, oh, yeah. Formal wear. She says, good thing I'm gay. Otherwise, you, me, formal wear. We know where that gets us. Oh, my word. And this is a sweet scene. You know, it's like Willow. I mean, Willow, again, should have been there a little sooner, bud. But at least you're there now. Uh, She tells Xander that she loves him. He says about half as much as I love you. They hug each other. There's this really nice, like, long shot. They're in, like, the, the, like, industrial kitchen of this place. And Mm -hmm. uh, you see sort of, like, across the metal table down to them hugging. It's really sweet. She says, you ready for the long walk? Oh, no, he's not. (laughs) He's not. Cut to Anya still ironing the kinks out of her vows. I promise (laughs) to have sex with you whenever I want. But yes, Anya. You know what? Anya deserves a jingle. Should we give it to her here for for now is the time demanding sex when she wants it? Mm -hmm. Hit it. Hit it, bitch. She spent one millennium demonically vengeancing, speaks her mind and then some. You know she's partial to the finer things and down with double boyfriends, oh yeah. Exchanging cash for goods and also services. She'd love to hold the money for ya. She'll hold that cash. Just keep the bunnies far from Anya. Uh, Only Latoya can say "hit it, bitch" okay, to me. Fine. Uh, sorry, but Morgan and Latoya both say it. So sorry. Only the hosts. Only <laughs> my number one crushes, Morgan and Latoya, can say "hit it, bitch." Fine, to me. nah, fine, nah. Hit it, bitch. Redacted. Thank you. Um, Anya uh, refers to herself as a sex poodle, which I read was a inside joke because Jane Espenson had used the term sex poodle to refer to maybe herself. Anyway, <laughs> somebody was calling themselves sex poodles in real life, made its way into the script. Love to see it. Great. Great, great, great. Tara advises Anya, perhaps wisely, not to say sex poodle in her vows. <laughs> Oh, Buffy comes in. You hear the music playing and she's like, we're ready. And Willow's like, skirk. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, Xander's gone. But she says it to Buffy. And so she tells Buffy to please make something up. So I don't know. I can think of a few things that you could say to stall this wedding. So many things that are not. The minister had to deliver an emergency C-section baby because he's Half minister, half doctor, a minotaur, not to be confused with a minotaur, no bull parts whatsoever. <laughs> a C-section is so specific. Like, it's like, did Buffy's mind think to itself, like, uh, okay, he's also a doctor, he has to deliver a baby, but shit, that'll take long. What's a fast way to deliver a baby? A C-section. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, yeah, these kids are never good at lying. Um, Y'all. Anya, obviously enraged, but she takes a moment and she finishes her vows in this heart wrenching scene where we're hearing Anya finish her vows And it is cut with Xander leaving in the rain, walking in his tux through the rain. Let's hear what Anya says, because we are masochists. I, Anya, 
want to marry you, Xander, because I love you, and I'll always love you. And before I knew you, I was like a completely different person. Not even a person, really. And I had seen what love could do to people, and it was hurt and sadness. Alone was better. And then, suddenly there was you. And you knew me. You saw me. And it was this thing. You make me feel safe and warm. So, I get it now. I finally get love, Xander. I really do. Wow. Upsetting. Wow. 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 Um <laughs> Well, it's down to Buffy to stall and she pops down the, the aisle and we get this like great bit of the string quartet being like, oh, there's a girl in a bridesmaid dress coming down the aisle. We better play the wedding march. And then she wh- and she's like, no, 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 no. It's OK. And she whispers in the minister's ear, who is not performing an emergency C-section anywhere. Mm. She's uh, like, can you go perform to- an emergency C-section, please? <laughs> yeah. Would you mind? <laughs> uh, then she comes back down the aisle and then they try to play the end wedding music. Yo, uh, this band needs to get their shit together. Do they not know what a yeah. fucking bride looks like? Come on now. Yeah. Anya starts to freak out about the minister and, you know, she's like, what was he thinking? Delivering a baby today? It's rude of him and the mother. <laughs> Yeah, somebody on my special day, somebody should have told her to hold it is what she says about the mother who is delivering the fictitious baby. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Xander's dad gets up and leaves, which I think is notable. Kevin and Carol making eyes at each other across the aisle. Happy to have more time together at this wedding for themselves. Nice. Carol also has a good moment with her daughter. Uh, Her daughter's like, (laughs) I'm bored. And she goes, it's a wedding, honey. We're all bored. (laughs) Love you, Carol. Love you, Carol. So at the bar, hey, guess who's there ordering a double jack, um, blaming Anya for the delay on the wedding because women, mom Mm -hmm. piping in, well, she didn't want any of my help. Um, Mothers and weddings can be a real thing here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we go to... (laughs) And we go to the audience. We get all these quick cuts of, like, everyone's responses. Uh, Hallie is like, I knew Anya wouldn't do it. To Hoffrin, I'm worried about Anya. And then mm-hmm. Hallie's jealous. And he's like, you know I love all my demons equally. I fucking love to Hoffrin. Honestly, number one demon. I just love him. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's a real good dude. You know, he takes care of his family. Buffy takes the stage. Who's here from out of town? Clem, Clem participating, being a good guy. Yeah. Just raises his hand. Good boy, Clem. Uh, Dawn and the teen boy she has found. There's always one teen at a wedding yeah. that you can link up with. Uh, he's got some horns. They're chatting it up, arguing over like who <laughs> has the worst family. <laughs> Which side of this aisle is the worst? Uh, yeah. Points yeah. were made. Then Buffy is now doing charades up on stage. She's got possibly yeah. Minotaur. <laughs> possibly Minotaur. <laughs> Oh, so Anya Uh, escapes. Anya leaves. Anya, the quintessential Aries move. 
she will not wait. If the minister's not here, we'll just start the wedding without him. Let's go, she says. <laughs> oh, Tara's like, no, no, please don't. Uh, meanwhile, Buffy, <laughs> Buffy's juggling now on stage. We learned that uh, Sarah Michelle nice. Geller was super stoked to show off her juggling skills. In Hell yeah. The scene, there's somebody in this podcast space who also has juggling skills, and it's it's me. It's me. It's Jenny. Jenny, you're gonna juggle for us. Uh, maybe, maybe put some juggling, Jenny juggling social content up this week to take everyone's mind off of the misery of this episode, just like Sarah, maybe. just like Buffy is doing in this scene. <laughs> uh. It's possible great um don classic don don's always walking in or walking out saying pivotal information that someone is not supposed to know and that someone is always also just walking by the door yeah yeah <laughs> xander's bad. missing anya hears xander's gone the crowd breaks into an actual bar fight Yes. I mean, I guess it's a wedding venue. It was fight. a matter of time. Wedding brawl. I've been um, at a wedding that broke into a fight. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever been? I told no. you, man, I got this family, man. I, I have yeah. this family. One of my cousins, back when I used to go to all of my cousins' weddings, one of my cousins was getting married, got married. We did leave the venue, went back to the um, hotel bar, and everybody drank too much. And a Shocking. girl- Girl was flirting with a guy. I don't know who knows what started it, but for whatever reason, when this fight started, it was like two people were fighting and then like 60 people were fighting. Um, there was like mace spray. It was so dramatic. I like fucking carried my mother over the side of a wall. The bride was like running away in her dress. Like this was fucking real life, people. Dude. I live inside of this wedding. I'll tell you what. I've been here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Well... Um, listen, <sighs> this wedding brawl had to happen. Tara is swept up in the fray yeah. and Willow pulls her behind some flowers. Uh, this is, um, it's a what's little... the word I'm looking for? Dumb? Yeah, I think maybe they were trying to go, because I was thinking about even the previously on is very like, it, it. at first I was like, this is very like soap opera-y, uh, you know, because it's all the couples. It's like Buffy and Spike. Yeah. Tara and Willow. It's also yeah. could be like a little Shakespearean. We know how. I just feel like we could have achieved, yes. like we could have yes. gotten something that felt way better mm -hmm. i, I kind of feel like all that like that a, about a lot yeah. uh, at least where we get with xander in particular like it just feels unrefined and so like yeah. it it feels a little more like character assassination than yes. like an earned yes outcome yes um but more on that later. All right. Okay. So Cousin Carol moving the plot along Carol. as she does directs Anya to old mystery man. Yeah. MVP Carol. Uh, he went into the trophy room with that guy. Uh, Anya's like, yo, basically like, yo, dude, who the fuck are you? And he says. Haven't changed a bit. Still as vindictive as ever. And then she's like, do I know you? And he transforms into his actual demon form. Oh, God, no. This is um, so stupid. <laughs> the the transformation, the visual is... effect or the like? No, just the end result is what I'm thinking of. It's very, 
it's not I know at this point I should be immune. Honestly, but this is this feels particularly bad, especially because his mouth movement is minimized and he has a big expositional yeah. lift. So it's just like puppet mouth, like, and ah, you took <laughs> vengeance on me. I was a philanderer. And for, for the listener at home, Jenny is sock puppeting for me and only me. I'm the only person who can see her. Yeah, but... well, can you hear this? <laughs> I hope so. That's the sound of one hand sock puppeting. Um, So this guy used to be a man in 1914 in Chicago, and he was a philanderer and someone wished vengeance upon him. And so Anya turned him into a demon and teleported him into a demon dimension to be tortured, tortured? I guess. Yeah. It feels like a weird choice to transform someone into uh, a being that has like a longer lifespan. Right. And, And... like powers and stuff right i could maybe like to sustain how long you could be tortured for i get it but also like "Eh, this could come around and bite you in the ass and in this case (sighs) it did yeah and this is i want to say to the to the look of the demon when i saw him i thought he looked honestly i'm sure it's not but it honestly looks like that they just borrowed a costume from the set of angel this looks like a very like angel investigations demon over on their their side of things so yeah if you can yeah. draw that line for us, fucking bonus points for you. But um, he tells Anya that all he had to do was give him a few visions. That's all it took. And she's like, that's it? That's all you did? Which is a little bit of a... I, I mean, I think like showing somebody their worst fear is kind of a big deal. They kind of play it off like you should have had to do more to terrify him. I disagree. She's crying. He says... Cry on Yanka, cry. I love to see you cry. And now I love to see you scream. This is dumb. (laughs) And I hate it. Well, I don't. I hate it so much. I don't. I don't. I think it's, I think it's, um, I think that the reveal that a demon has come back to take revenge on her for the vengeance she took on him is a good plot device. You just mean yes. You just mean the demons. I just mean verbatim, verbatim. the dialogue. Yes. Cry, Anyanka, cry. I love to see you cry, and now I love to see you scream. I smell fear. <laughs> it smells good. <laughs> Buffy sees the demon and is back to tearing her skirt up her thighs nice. so she can fight. We always ow, love ow. it. She does it without a letter opener this time. She grabs yeah, a veil. Yeah. By the way, the taxidermied animals are wearing veils, which I think is a poor choice. Um, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And it's handy for choking out a demon. But hey, in the midst of Buffy fighting this demon, who should return but a thoroughly soaked Xander? Anya's like, oh, what he showed you was all lies. And Xander says it doesn't matter now, but he doesn't say it in a very encouraging tone. Buffy continues to do some choking and then... Xander smashes the head of this demon with a great big column of some kind, uh, and everyone applauds. <laughs> so they, they kind of the Scoobies stand around waiting for the the demon to go poof, <laughs> which would be nice. So it's the least he could do after all the havoc he's oh, wrought. But he does. But no, 
Who suggests? The, uh, <laughs> does it Tara? Who suggests covering the body in flowers? Uh, that's Willow. Willow. It's Willow's big idea. Then um, Mr. Harris, uh, very upset about the amount that the damage to the, the venue might cost, uh, calls everyone freaks and the brawl resumes and Anya screams for everyone to stop and get back to their seats. This wedding will go on. Ugh. She thinks. And then we get this like quiet scene. Like she has screamed loud enough for everyone to take their seats. And she says sweetly to Xander, you know, it's bad luck to see me in my dress. And then you hear this sound and you're like, what is that sound? And it is the sound of one million hearts breaking across the globe. That's what it sounds Mm -hmm. like. And um, Xander looks at her and says, I know it wasn't real, but it could be the definition of your biggest fear. She says, was it me? And he says, it wasn't you. I was hating. I had these thoughts and fears before. If this is a mistake, it's forever. I don't want to hurt you. I'm sorry. During that, we see Xander's dad yelling at his mom in the audience. Yeah. Um, But Xander, didn't you hear our song from... Only nine episodes ago. <laughs> you, you can always get divorced. <laughs> Xander. Get... Don't do it, bud. Don't leave. He leaves. And for some reason, Anya still does a full aisle walk while crying. It's effective. Honestly, it's really Anya. Like I, I like I think it's really Anya. Like she is devastated and heartbroken. And I feel like Anya's way is to just like push her way through the thing and own it rather than like run and fl- I mean, she's going to like obviously go mm. and take her time. But in this moment, I think it's a really good choice for the character of Anya. I mean, it's a really good uh, dramatic choice for us to have to watch her crying and walking down this aisle, of course. But I also think it tracks. Um, I think she would have done this uh, mm. for real. And the fucking band, man. Could they could they fucking pick up a hint? Could they take a fucking cue? They, they're playing the music as she's walking down the aisle. So, Jenny, you, you've been teasing us this whole time. I have stuff to say. I have stuff to say. What do you got to say? I mean, I just feel like this is not like where Xander gets to could make sense. Right. Um. You know, could hit really hard, but I think this episode doesn't quite get there. It doesn't quite have, like, the nuance and the weight. Mm -hmm. It's not, it feels like it's, like, one draft away from, like, really, really, really getting you to understand exactly why Xander is where he is and maybe it's in the performance maybe it's in the writing i don't know well the flash Um, the flash forwards are really heavy-handed i think they are they are only one thing and uh i think that that probably is one of the the points that is getting you as like i didn't i didn't feel nuance there there is not nuance in those three flash forwards right it is just like pretty much painting in black and white xander is fucking up anya is unhappy the kids hate each other and mm-hmm. I think you could do those flash forwards with more nuance. But I get I guess and the way that I sort of like and I mentioned this at the top, like the way that I connected it for myself was just like 
okay, yeah, this isn't very nuanced, but I guess this is like maybe this is where the they they would they have wound up here had they gotten married? And are they trying to tell it not where the flash forwards were, but where Xander's fears of of being mm. not good enough for Anya broke the marriage down the line? Like, would they have gotten there then? Um I think there's something missing. There's some connective tissue missing between what Xander experiences, like inside the memory orb, and like where he gets. Like, we are missing information about like how real it was. Like, the mystery man says that he's going to like see and feel yeah. what he has seen and felt. And like, I just like feel like we don't quite get from Xander like the like enough information about like the all-encompassing like all your senses horror of that experience you know what i mean yeah and also you know like something that i don't think has been given to us enough up till this point because buffy is such a massive part of the flash forwards right it's like Buff, Buffy comes yeah. up a million times and we've heard Anya reference like, oh, it's always about Buffy, like in Once More with feeling there's a reference to that. But uh-huh. we haven't gotten a lot of scenes of like this being a central point of tension for them. You know, like we've gotten. Yeah, that hints. too. Right. It's like we're missing. It, it feels almost- like older Xander, like old, old version of Xander. Yeah, and we're just we're just missing like it's like we needed a Xander Anya episode that was not the wedding episode so that we could really see because what is going on at their apartment? What do they like? What do they do when they're loving each other? What do they do when they're fighting? What do those fights look like? We haven't seen enough of them. Lava lamps, right. model cars, right? right. And like bobble headed animals. Yeah, the song in Once More with Feeling was the most I think we got uh, of this, and then it was sort of s- sprinkled throughout. But I agree with you. I mean, it Anya and and Emma Caulfield, I mean, honestly, standing ovation and we haven't even gotten to this final mm-hmm. scene yet. But, uh, you know, her performance, I think, is just heart wrenching. And I mean, yeah. she is the one who is left. So she has less of the burden of of like showing us why. Right. Because she is she, yeah. she is the one that is uh, hurt and devastated. Whereas uh, Xander, Nicholas Brendan is is sort of given this lift of showing us why this character who we really did not love in the beginning few seasons I'm saying we as Jenny and I like this guy is problematic in these ways whatever and we've really been seeing him grow and so like how do you get this character who you've been seeing grow all the way back to like the beginning of the board yeah exactly exactly yeah that's the problem yeah Okay, so the gals are gal palling around, Buffy, Willow, and Don. Gal Talking about. Around. Nice way to try to bring some fucking smiles into this bleak ass scene. <laughs> uh, talking about Anya wants to be alone, and they're they're all just like really feeling it. Somehow the Summer's house has acquired a huge beanbag chair that somehow seems to be kind of armchair shaped that Don is sitting fancy in. Fancy beanbag chair. And across town, Xander checks into what should be the saddest motel in Sunnydale, but somehow it's nope. still nicer than the one still, where Faith lives. Still nicer than Faith. Agree. Agree. Solid agree. Uh, before uh, before we see Xander, though, I just want to just bring us back to a couple of the things that Buffy says, Buffy and Willow say in this scene um, where Anya has Anya has left, Xander is gone, and they're all like trying to unpack this because she does say again, like, it hurts my heart 
I thought they were happy. And Willow says they were. And Willow also says, I feel like I should hate Xander, but I can't. Like, I think that's the nuance that we're looking for. Like, we need more of that in this episode. Yeah. You know, we we need to feel how Willow feels, which is, you know, that like, this is really complicated. They were happy and this is hard. And Xander did something and it's not good, but also there's a whole character here. Um, And so, yeah. Also, Buffy's wearing a T-shirt that says I survived with a dragon on it. So, okay. Ooh. Yeah, remember the dragon from... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it a reference to the dragon in the gift? Like, is it? You know, does she did survive. Well, she didn't, but that's complicated. No. We have a whole podcast about it. You could go back and listen. <laughs> okay. In the nether region between dimensions... All is uh, deep, dark, inky, matte, black. All but Anya and a bedoilied wrist with a very long, impressive manicure. I absolutely (laughs) hate what you're doing with your hands to me (laughs) in the camera. Like Jenny's fingers just look like they got like seven feet longer and like were like worming their way through the camera to my face. I hate it so much. Uh handing her a tissue it's da hoffren da it's da hoffren this is beautiful it's beautiful it's a beautiful shot it reminds me of the end of the never ending story like after the nothing uh yeah. hits you know and it's like the soundscape is like silent you could hear a pin drop and the color is yeah. gone and the mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. really really nice and da hoffren the first thing he says is are you okay yeah. She says, I'm tired. Pause, pause, pause of crying. <sighs> it's tough. It's tough being an Anya. Um, yeah, this sucks. Uh, the Hoffman's like, hey, you know, you used to eat, eat guys like that loser for breakfast. Why don't you come take your old job back? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, <sighs> and then the episode ends. What's going to happen? I don't know. Well, I mean, he's, he did. You let him domesticate you, which I think is uh, not untrue. Yeah, I think it's untrue, and it's just like I really like Zahafrin a lot. It feels like not the way Zahafrin would have perhaps delivered what he meant to say, which yeah. was kind of what you said, Jenny. Just like you used to eat guys like this for breakfast, you're gonna be fine, buddy. You know, like that's more of what I want to yeah. hear from Zahafrin, and less about like. Not that like him saying that is blaming Anya, but it almost feels like there's a little bit of like you you allowed this to happen to you, which like that's that's fucked mm-hmm. up and not okay. Yeah, we don't like that. Oh, um, but te- but being there for her, asking her if she's okay. Therefore, it's time you got back, and we just go to credits. What is gonna fucking happen? What is gonna fucking happen? Well, oh my god, I don't know. Before that question can be answered, you're right. There's a very different question that has to be asked. It's a wedding, and baby. Also answered. Always sexual tension at a wedding. Welcome to the latest installation of the Sexual Tension Awards. Bong, 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 what bang, 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 bang. You tell me at the start, at the start, I can't make my joke at my bing bong joke, and then you take it for yourself. Wow. We got slots. We got noms. 
Many will attempt to enter. Only one will seal the deal. Kristen hates me. In slot number one. They love to giggle. They love to button. They love to gaze into one another's eyes. And they love to hide flirtily behind some potted flowers. Yay! It's Willow and Tara. Oh, back in the saddle again. In slot number two, she used to be a mystical energy key. He has enormous (laughs) horns growing out of his forehead. They are two teens at a wedding. Good luck to them. It's Dawn and Teen Demon. Yeah! Rooting for the teens. Actually, no, I'm not because I know the other noms and I'm rooting for another one. (laughs) In slot number three, she is our heroine. She alone possesses the strength to slay demons and blah, 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 blah. And he is a sweet little soft boy with a crunchy exterior coating trying to be tough. Uh, Oh, my God. A sweet little soft boy with a what? Crunchy coating? That's right. Oh, my God. It's my favorite description of Spike that's ever happened. Yeah, he's like a little hedgehog or something. <laughs> I like, rolled up. You're like, bar. oh no, I better not touch that. It looks sharp. And then he like pokes his little head out, and he's like, "Love me." <laughs> anyway, it's Buffy and Spike in slot three, and then in slot four. Hey, yeah, they're new to us, but they already feel like family. Yep, she's a single mom. Hell yeah, he seems to have some um, electronic. Uh, electrical oh, yeah. aptitude. Mm-hmm. He'll fix your uh, coffee pot. Let's see if we can take those sparks to the next wow. level for Carol and Krelvin. Yes, give it to Carol and Krelvin, people. <laughs> Let Krelvin give it to Carol, wow. people. If you'd like to vote in our sexual attention awards for this episode, please find the STA poll on our Twitter account at Buffering Cast. The poll is up for one week after this episode goes up. Make your voice heard. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling just great. Morale is at an all-time high. Oh, yeah. Believing in love, having lots of hope, happiness, no tears here, just life, giving you what you always wanted, everything you wanted, just the way you imagined it. Listen, um, you know, we warned you, we fucking warned you that we're at episode 16 of season six, a fucking tipping point. And um, it's rough. And I am sad. Uh, but also, you know, like I said at the top, although this is a very difficult episode, I think that Buffy still can have hope. I think that Anya still can have hope. I believe, I still believe in love, even though Xander has left this marriage at the aisle. Oh, guys, it's rough. I'm trying my Any, best here. I'm, I'm anything doing could my, happen. Anything There's could happen. One and a quarter seasons left. Oh, my God. It's terrifying. <gasps> yeah, anything could happen, Jenny. You're right. Um, but, hey. Well, you know what? Um, the next episode is normal again, so... Um, I'm that sure. sounds chill. That sounds like it a very sound, chill you know, episode. I mean, the title to me says everything will go back to normal again. And yeah, and it'll be super so vibey. And it'll be, we'll fine. be fine. It'll be good. It'll be great. Cannot wait. Uh, <laughs> anything else to say about this episode before we run out of here? No, it's time to flee. Let us flee. 
Who are you? Well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not making this podcast with Kristen, I'm usually writing and recording songs. You can learn more about me and hear some of my music at JennyOwenYoungs.com. You can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. You can find me at least twice a week live streaming on Twitch, playing some music, talking about songs, doing some stuff. You can check out my new band LAX's and our two singles, Skinny Dipping and Temporary Goodbye, that are out now. Uh, and you can check out my new release, Echo Mountain, which was recently expanded to include a couple fresh remixes and that expanded edition is now out on all streaming platforms how am i doing you're doing great you remind me of that snl skit with molly shannon where they do the npr ladies (laughs) Mm, these muffins are delicious (laughs) oh wait sorry i want can i say one more thing sorry you could this is 50 percent your podcast so Hmm, i we we did not leave each other at the podcast aisle split right down the middle here folks that's right uh, the one last thing I wanted to mention, um, because you didn't hear it in last episode's intro, is that I've got a new cover of the Sinatra classic Witchcraft Oof. out, and it's currently hearable in the uh, on all streaming platforms, but also in the season two trailer for Motherland, Fort Salem, a show that has some gay witches in it. So I thought maybe some of you might be interested. Oh, cool. yeah. Listen, I, I because this podcast belongs half to me, I would like to play just a tiny clip of witchcraft because it's really fucking cool. And if me screaming about how cool it is isn't enough for you, then this will be. And I've got no defense for it. The heat is too intense for it. What good would common sense for it do? Because it I am Kristen Russo, and though I can't write songs about witchcraft, I am indeed at least part witch. Uh, When I am not here talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all of the horrible things that continue to happen to her and all of her friends this season, I am talking to and with LGBTQ communities. It is still the month of June, which means I am busier than ever. Um, Speaking Mm. to a lot of workplaces, uh, doing talks for parents at work. That's my favorite talk. My favorite kind of talk to do for workplaces is when um, I do talks for parents at workplaces about how to be there for their LGBTQ kids. It's really great. And it makes me have a lot of hope for the fact that companies are putting resources into not just like how to be an ally at work, but like really caring about their employees past the workspace. Plus, a lot of those things are applicable across the board. Um, And I'm working on a book. You know, it'll come out in like five years or whatever however long books take to write and publish and what else oh you know if you're a patron of ours you get to hear joanna robinson and i do a little special podcast called feels like the first time we are most of the way through our june trilogy uh jenny i just watched priscilla queen of the desert for the first time i've never seen it (gasps) how was it? It was fucking phenomenal. It was phenomenal. I thought it was great. Um, I ha- there's a couple more movies we're watching, but that was the first one that I saw of the three, and it was. I would highly recommend it. It's you know, it's old. It's from the early '90s, um, but mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was very re- mostly responsible. A couple cringeworthy scenes, but other than that, mm-hmm. a good watch. Anyway, uh, who are we? Well, 
you know as well as I do that we're Buffering the Vampire Slayer and we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. You can drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. You can support us if you want on Patreon. That's where you get to hear that bonus podcast I was talking about. Uh, we oh, also yeah. do live watches. Jenny, you had an idea for a live watch this morning. Texted me 8 a.m. with your idea. What was your idea? Well, some of you may not be aware that in like 1988 or something, <laughs> uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, a child, uh, filmed a pilot for a show called Girl Talk based kind of yeah. on the board game Girl Talk yeah. in which Sarah Michelle Gellar, another girl whose name I can't remember, and Soleil Moon Fry mm-hmm. <laughs> hang out and have some girl talk together with a live <laughs> studio audience and in the unaired pilot, an interview with New Kids on the Block. The entire episode is on YouTube and I thought it would be really fun if we all watched it together yeah so we're gonna be playing that's a beautiful summer watch right there that is gorgeous just a gorgeous <laughs> gleaming summer pick to watch together so uh Hell live yeah. watches are open to all patrons you can join us at any level if you're already a patron and you're just like d- refreshing your page give us a minute we'll send you the details soon <laughs> and um yeah we got book clubs there's just a ton of shit so go on over there buffering the you can just click on patreon uh the store is closing we probably told you in the intro but the store is closing for the month and there's 25 percent off right now just use the code season six and you get 25 percent off of everything both stores the only thing you can't get uh 25 off of is the vinyl uh and hey you know what i think that takes us to the end wow Whew. Episode 16 down. We just got 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Just, just a few more to go, Jenny. We're almost there. Let's do it. <laughs> I believe in us. I believe we can in us get too. through it and we will. But till next time. Uh, bing bong, bing bong, bingity bong, bing bong. Honk. are ringing, ding dong, ding dong, dinging, string quartet is stringing, all systems are go, all your friends and family gathered for the big day, now I need to just say what you already know, like burlap to blow larva, you're perfect for each other, and you share a love that lies low. Oh
Once upon a time, there was a girl who dreamed of flying through the stars, who dared to resist injustice, who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe, Frida, Oprah, Celia Cruz, Josephine, Greta, Ruth, Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something, something big. So that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio.